1: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I am your co host, Tom Billie. I'm here with my beautiful wife, whose hair, by the way, is looking very amazing. Ah, Lisa Billu, Hello, my much. dear. Hello, people. Did you just do it this morning?
0: Last night. Really? Were, you but
1: were... you did something this morning, I promise. You did not come out <laughs> of the gym the looking like that. the funny thing is,
0: and maybe um, other people can relate to this, every Sunday, no, 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 it's like a whole ritual yeah, 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 we have together. <laughs> Post-gym,
1: and then when you came out, like, freshly ready right, for work? In the
0: gym, it's tied up, and then, yes, of course, when I get ready, I bring it back
1: down. Exactly. Again. Do you, like, blow-dry it or brush it or anything?
0: Maybe, like, it's yeah, exactly, he's exactly. trying to get out of it now. I am not. <laughs> I
1: well know... Sort of that our Sunday rituals you're doing. So I
0: can see. Sorry, I'm just going to interrupt this in a minute because I want to give our live people the best experience possible. Our wide camera guys is super blown out. So can you can someone come and fix it while we keep chatting? Yeah, buddy. And then my headroom on the close up is like really big. So this is basically the glimpse inside of what we actually. so um yeah nice. our, our wide is so blown out we look but we won't look, see the look like a bounce board nice in
1: fairness I haven't uh, had sun to tannin for a while so I am a bounce board
0: <laughs> all right so um while these guys figure it out we'll just keep going yep I've got a great first question let's for let's do us. it um so let's do it all right this question oh,
1: By the way, while she finds that, if this is adding value to your life, please do share it. That would be amazing. And then anybody in the L.A. area, we are going to be doing a live event tomorrow night. It's going to be so much fun. Make sure you go to my Facebook page right now or maybe after this. And I suppose you're on my Facebook page. How (laughs) amazing is that? And click to get tickets. That would be incredible. All right, That's we'll see true. you guys there. We'll be doing the epic Q&A afterwards. Don't miss it. And I'm going to be joined by some special guests. Go to the website and you will see, or go to the Facebook page. If you're on YouTube, check it out. You will see what is up. All right, now do we have our first question. Yes,
0: our first question. So this is, um, I didn't write where I got it from. So it might have been Facebook or YouTube. Ooh. I know, sorry about that. Do you have the username? Yeah, I do. Okay. So this is um, from Meg really Poltsinski. When do you feel it's best to have hard conversations with your spouse? My husband runs his own company and is very busy and focused during the week, so evenings he is tired and has limited time. However, when we go out on a planned date and have childcare, I always default to just trying to have fun and not ruin the moments we have together by bringing up difficult situations or topics. I feel we could have we could advance more in our relationship if we could tackle some of these things and move forward by a I mean holding pattern to not rock the boat out of of respect for his time and also our children's time with him and me?
1: Wow. That, that is a great question that you and I have had experience with. Many and the, times. Yeah. The answer is there is no magic time. There's, whew, you. so this is actually something you and I are, <clears throat> are very different on. So I'm always about looking for that magic moment when you can present something. And for sure, there are times that that means that you're going to let a week, two weeks go by, whatever, without bringing it up. You have gotten very generous. Literally, that question could have been written by you. You've gotten very generous with, like, making sure that you're, if I'm stressed, if there's a lot going on, you know, that you're very, very thoughtful about that. I don't think that's your natural inclination. And certainly (laughs) in the beginning of our relationship, it was a bull in a china shop. Whenever it came to your mind, you would bring it up. Um, And so I think that... to her point, like it's a very real struggle and it's very wise to be sensitive to that because bringing something up at a moment where the person is already stressed out, you're not gonna get the result that you wanna get. And that was always the conversation you and I had, was what what result are you looking for? Because if you're looking for me to be unguarded, have my defenses down, really be receptive to your message, then timing is really important. So now, The flip side of that coin is the other person then also needs to reciprocate and figure out like how can they be more open? How can they, even in times of difficulty, be open and make sure that you're encouraged? Like we've now gotten to the point, and it was funny, like just this morning, Um, I was working on a contract and you were trying to like ask me a question or say something. And I thought, this is one of those times where what I want to say is, if you see me headphoned up and you see that I'm working on a contract, don't bother me. But that sets you up for failure. It sets you up to live perpetually in the holding pattern that she's talking about. So I have to also do my part to create larger and larger times where it's okay to say whatever it is that you need to say to make sure that you don't end up where it's weeks and weeks and weeks without being able to say something. This question was like really well worded because their relationship could progress more if they were Mm -hmm. able to talk through this stuff. Mm -hmm. So both of them are gonna have to do work. You're in a relationship for a reason. And so yes, you're building a business and yes, that's very important, but it's also really important to carve out time. So, um, like, in fact, last week was insanity. Yeah, I literally was going to
0: use last week as the perfect example.
1: What? Dive in.
0: No, can continue? No, 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 oh. please. Um, would you want to explain what your week was like? What we had?
1: <laughs> I mean, just short of saying it was insanity, I won't, like, bore people with the details. Okay. It was probably the busiest week I've ever had in my life. It was Crazy town. So
0: we had four Impact Theory shoots. I had two Sherowic shoots. Then we had two other different types of shoots. So it literally was like eight shoots in in three days. Thirty six
1: meetings. Yeah. The success live thing. Ah. Yeah. So
0: and and look, it can be kids taking them to like practice. So it was just one of those weeks that was insane. Now on Wednesday morning, um, yeah, it was Wednesday morning. I got really really sick. With my stomach issues, what? Yeah, with my with my digestion. So really, really bad for three days straight. Like, pretty unbearable. But I didn't want to worry you because that's the thing that I know that, like, you're going to start to worry about. And then you start to feel the pull between... I've got four episodes I have to prep for, which takes you a really long time. I mean, you go really deep on those guests. So you have so much preparation. And then you've got the shoot. And then we had all these meetings. And so I kind of suffered in silence. And I, the one person I like to really tell is you because it's not that I'm looking for you to do things for me. I just to be honest, I just need that emotional support where it's just like, hey, baby, you are okay? Like, that is it. I don't need you to do things. But I knew you were so busy that I, I told myself, I said, you know what, don't bother him. I, I told you, hey, I'm suffering a little, but I really did underplay it because I didn't want you to worry. But then the second our shoots were over, I just kind of let it out. Like, I'm getting very frustrated. Like this is quite upsetting. It's a reminder of where I was like last year. And i really feel like I've like, you know, derailed and my health has gone downhill again. But then I was able to have that conversation with you. But so I kind of warned you. And that's kind of one tip that I would almost have for, for, well, I would have for certain people is I give you the hints that something's going on. So it doesn't become a surprise that I feel like I'm not hiding something from you. Because that's a big thing about our relationship is we don't hide things from each other. So even not telling you for two or three days, I would have felt like I was hiding it. So I kind of told you, underplayed it a bit. We did our shoots. And then I said to you, hey, I really want to talk to you about this. When do you have time? And you're like, oh, let's do it. End of day Friday. So that's the tactic i use now where it's like i put it on your radar so it's not a surprise i don't feel like i'm keeping everything bottled in and i'm dealing with something by myself and then i set you up for success by letting you know hey i've got something to talk to you about when's a good time for you so now you're prepared for that talk and i do it at the beginning of the weekend so that it then doesn't spiral into a saturday and sunday type thing um, and I would do that really if it was, if it let's say it was an issue me and you had to, like together, like if I had a problem with something you did, um, it doesn't have to be, you know, something completely different, but I would approach it in that manner so that it's not a um, one, two punch, like all of a sudden you don't see it coming, but putting it on your radar so that you know to be prepared for that conversation.
1: I love you more than words can express but that advice is only good (laughs) for the very particular thing that you're talking about, where it's something where you don't want me to be too worried. You don't want to hide something from me. You need emotional support, all of that a hundred percent. And for this particular issue, you handled it flawlessly. It was great. I started thinking about it. I made sure that we had it on our calendar to really go through. I didn't think it was going to keep going, which is why I said, let's talk about it on Friday because I thought your cycle normally resets like within 24 hours you're back on track but I thought to make sure that we avoid it again in the future let's talk about it Friday. Had I known that it was just going to keep going I would have said we're just going to have to carve out time for this to really figure out what's going on but if nine times out of ten the kinds of conversations that people are are having a hard time with is going to be a critical conversation. It's going to be the I think you're They won't use these words, I really hope, but the way that they're going to be interpreted, the reason that it's a dicey conversation is because it's going to be, you're not doing this thing right, or we have this problem in our relationship, or I don't like the way you're doing this with the kids, or whatever, right? So putting that on someone's radar, instantly they're going to say, well, just fucking tell me. Because Mm. they're not going to want this thing. Like, if you put, hey, I'm just putting it on your radar. I know you have a lot going on right now, so we don't need to talk about it right Mm. now. But, by the way, this is really pissing me off. But, no, no, no. Like, I'll be fine. We'll talk about it on Friday. I'd be like, That's a very good
0: point. Also
1: use the word hint, which makes me go into anaphylactic shock. Don't hint, boys and girls, ever. And she didn't hint, by the way. It was just a word choice that you used as you were explaining what you actually did, which was tell me, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm going through. You definitely downplayed it, but you weren't hinting. You said, this is exactly what's happened. This is what I think is going on. And I said, okay, well, we know what our default is. Our default is go back into keto. So we had like sort of the band aid to put on it and then we could figure the rest out. Hinting would have been ungodly right yeah, it's no, like, you're absolutely like then, you're then right. you start really getting frustrated because i'm so in the zone over here the very last thing you can do when i'm stressed out or focus on other things is, is hint hinting doesn't work mm. when you have my full attention let alone like if i'm really swamped and for the record you didn't hint
0: no just you're right yeah that yeah. word
1: is so fucking yeah, dangerous yeah. if you're ever <laughs> hinting in your life stop
0: but let's just face it right even just using specific words like the word I, you're totally right. I didn't mean I didn't hint. I played. I downplayed it. And so by using the word hint, like that one little word, does change everything. And that's one thing that we um, work on a lot in our relationship as well. It's like when you're communicating with the other person, like what is the actual thing you're trying to get across? Versus because I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? Be mm. like, no, I actually don't know what you mean. You said this word, so I'm take. You know, you said hint. So yeah, thanks for calling me on that. And uh, you're true. right. I don't hint because you hate it when I hint.
1: Because I'm so bad at it. Like, that's the thing. When you're hinting, you're setting the other person up for failure. In fact, a lot of our set the other person up for success comes from hinting was such a problem. And the way that people get themselves with like birthdays or anniversaries, it's like, oh Okay, let's God. not do well
0: there because I really want your answer on this question. That one? Yeah. I already gave it. You said don't hint, but what would you actually do? So take, take me through four days of how you would approach this. <laughs>
1: That's wonderfully specific. Right, All but like right. what are those things? So, so something's really some, on my mind and So I've said and something I or done stressed.
0: something that you need to talk to me about because it's up. you. Okay, so you.
1: Here, here's the real answer. And yes. the, the beauty of boys and girls at home, <laughs> we, we have really struggled to come to terms on this one in terms of our behavior matching. Mm-hmm. So to this day, I think it winds you up how much time I'm willing to let go by looking for the perfect moment to deliver really difficult news. Agree or Correct. disagree? Okay. yes, agree. So the, in the first four days, I may do absolutely nothing. I may be just monitoring like your behavior. Now, you've already put your finger on. The most troubling thing is, at some point you start to feel like you have a secret, and I fucking hate that feeling. I hate it so much. Why don't I cheat on you? For a whole host of reasons. But the actual most important reason is how it would make me feel. It would really. <laughs> Holding a secret. Yes. It, I won't feel that sense of connection yeah. between us, which is purely internal to me. So like the, the irony is from a purely neurochemical standpoint, it would be way harder for me to deal with a secret from you than finding out that you had had a secret from me. Because I wouldn't have experienced it. Yeah. Until all at once, right at that moment, right. I found out, oh, it's a secret. And now we have to process through. But if I were keeping a secret from you, which the funny thing was, the one secret that I kept from you for ages was that I zipped up the, the heater things and really hoped that you would notice of your own accord. And I had done it during a <laughs> rainstorm. And, like, you never said anything. But I promised myself I'd never say anything. And so it was, like, it. the only reason I finally said something was because it started to feel like a fucking secret. Right. Even though it was something so small and stupid. So... That, that, and there is no good answer. So at some point I'm just balancing like when we finally talk about this, Mm. is she going to be traumatized that I waited or Mm. is it going to be something where it's like, Hey, because I found that perfect opportunity to say it where she could really hear it. It wasn't a time where she was super stressed out. Is she just going to be thankful that thank you for presenting this in a way at a moment where I could really hear you?
0: Yes. And we've we've discussed that in the past. And that's definitely what I think what has um, benefited us is doing it when I'm not stressed or when I'm not anxious.
1: For sure. And now let's say this would be a very different conversation 17 years ago when we hadn't earned as much credibility with each other as we have at this point. We weren't as close. We didn't have the right. tools and techniques. So... Now, with you, you're the person that I probably have to wait the least amount of time to find a good moment because you're so emotionally resilient. And you've, like I was talking about earlier, you carve out all this space where it's like, it's okay. Like, within these sort of parameters, it's very okay to tell me something that's going to be stressful. I'll adapt. I'll hear you. I'll make sure I lower my defenses. So we have done the work of being the person that has to be receptive so much over the Almost two decades, which was really hitting me in the gym today for some reason, how long you and I have been together. So we've done that work where it's really other people in my life where it's like I have something to say and I'm like looking and looking months go by And like the opportunity just hasn't presented itself for two reasons. One, they haven't done the work to really carve out that huge amount of buffer space so that I can say something that's tricky um, and potentially difficult and just the proximity. I'm not around them all the time. So there's that. But we used to try like in, in fact, I will say I used to make the mandate of you and this was really foolish that. You not tell me during the week because I'm, or sorry, during the weekend, because that's like my time to decompress. But then it was like during the week, I'd always be like, I'm so fucking stressed right now. Like, why are you bringing this up? And so you're like, let's do a little math. I have five days during the week where I can't bring it up because you're already stressed from work. And then I have two days during the week where I can't bring it up because you want to decompress and that leaves zero days. (laughs) And so I was like, yeah, that actually doesn't make sense. And so then we adopted a policy, any topic at any time so that... Anytime Which I, you wanted. I didn't
0: really like that one. And either. we don't
1: use it anymore. Yeah. But I'm just saying, then we tried that policy, right. any topic, anytime, yeah. hit me with whatever, like I'm just going to man up and deal with it at all times. And it was good from like the Jordan flu game perspective of just like, yep, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to deal, I'm going to deal, I'm going to deal. Um, but it's not great from the standpoint of you want the person to be maximally receptive right. to that idea. And so <coughs> now through the school of hard knocks, almost 20 years together, we've gotten really deft at reading each other. That is a horrible fucking answer for anybody who's at the beginning of their relationship. So going back, I will say that as a couple, it's why laying the foundation is so important. We really do have to write this all into a book, by the way. Um, well, yeah. but we la- I have. know, it's totally on me. But laying <laughs> the the foundational element, and I say things like that to get my excitement up to the point where we'll actually do it. Um, you got to lay the foundational elements, the rules of engagement, the rules of engagement have to come first. This will forever be stressful to anybody out there and you'll fuck it up a thousand times. And it will actually be worse for your relationship Mm -hmm. because you're bringing it up at the wrong time. They're not hearing, they're not receptive. And so that just creates this really, really gnarly friction. So laying out the rules of engagement, getting the other person to say out loud that this is how we're going to deal with something like this. So When would you like me to bring it up is the easiest way. That's like the beginner class. So like hard discussion 101. Hey, in this moment where I have nothing to discuss with you, which is very important. So they don't feel that sense of what's looming in the background. It's when we have something hard to say, I just want to know, like what's our partnership agreement on When do I bring that up? Is it a Sunday night thing? Is it always on Tuesdays? Mm -hmm. Like, what is it? And we carve out the time to just touch base, whether we have something big or not. And I always bring it up in that or like, what's our agreement? Once you agree, then you can work from there, and you'll finesse it and get better over Yeah, time.
0: and that's the thing that you even said: like, don't be afraid to try it and it not work. Like for us, we tried one way, it didn't work. We swung really hard the other way, that didn't work. So
1: I won't say it didn't work; it just wasn't optimized. That's so funny. It that's so didn't my work identity for me. Yeah, speaking. That's interesting.
0: There, it. I mean, well, my identity is like: don't worry if it didn't work; just just adjust. Yeah. So when I, when we were like, okay, cool, I can bring it up anytime in any moment. And I just realized you were always frustrated and I actually wasn't getting what I wanted. Like, I'm not gonna keep doing that. Cause I didn't, yeah, didn't work. Word. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on to the next question. Guys, um, if you do have any questions, please submit them and we'll be answering them live. And if this video is bringing you value, please do share, share, share. Indeed. Um, By the way,
1: we're we're minutes away from crossing 100,000 on YouTube.
0: Yeah, in fact, this is so we also do this live on YouTube now. Yeah. We're so close to 100,000, so if you guys you haven't subscribed have, yeah, subscribe, and you're just lurking or if you're on Facebook and yeah.
1: No, no, please I up <laughs> with you.
0: Um, and if you have friends who are not subscribed that you think that the channel could benefit, please do let them know.
1: That would be amazing.
0: All right. So, um, on to the next question. Um, this comes from Nekuma Paltsuski. As a wife, how do you not have negative feelings about being scheduled into their busy life? Uh, I am married to a very goal oriented man who hyper-focuses a lot. Many times we have a hit-and-run relationship. He does, he does give us, myself and our son, time, but most of the week we are on the back burner. Ah, uh, um, actually, this is easy for me because we decided right from the get-go what the goal of the family is, right? Me and you is the family. So we don't have kids, but we call it the B.L.U. household. Um, we've got two minuchis. We've got just two minuchis, two fairy babies. So really, it's what is the goal of the family So we had sat down and we'd gone over the goal of the family and then the goal as individuals. So your identity, what your goal is as an individual, what my goal is, is as an individual. And then what are we looking for as a family? And we agreed what our future would be, right? We are building an empire. We're building this massive company. And it we both really want it because we really do want to create impact and so when i think about all the time that you're spending on the business and that you're spending on the work it's because we've already made a deal that this is what we're going to get to so you better believe that if you're not working hard enough and you're slipping we came together as a collective and agreed this is what we're going to do so i would actually hold you accountable and be like look babe we're not where we need to be you know what are we doing wrong are you not working hard enough am i not working hard enough Um, And so we approach it like that. Now, that doesn't mean that as the wife, I don't have um, moments where I feel neglected and I feel pushed aside and I feel like I am second, 100%. The thing is, is we've decided that's what we're gonna do. And I know deep down that I'm not number two, I'm your number one. And if I ever needed to, I would kind of say, hey, I'm your number one, it means that I need this. But I've never done that because when it's been important to me and I've needed time with you, I've said, hey, I need time. How often do I do that?
1: Very, very rare. So, but I want to make sure people hear what you're saying, which is that when you need it, you do it without like right. a moment's hesitation. Correct.
0: So for instance, when I needed to speak to you after all of long last week, I was, like I said, I wasn't feeling well and I just really needed you. So what I did was I saw how busy he was. He put me second which I was aware of. I was in you know, pain, but I was like, I'm not going to, we've agreed. This is what we need to do. We need to shoot these episodes. I need you to go out and smash those episodes because that's, what's going to bring the company, you know, make the company better. And we've decided as a collective, that that's what we want to do. But At the same time, I don't want to be neglected and I need to know that you're there for me. So I spoke up and said, hey, I need time with you. So after the shoot on Friday, can we spend some time to do it? I don't feel weird about doing that, scheduling your time, because I get what I want. Like, what do you actually want? What are the results you're looking for? And then act accordingly. So if my results that I'm looking for are, we need to build this massive company. We're both so driven to do it. I know you're my number one, but I'm not feeling it in this moment, but that doesn't matter. I know that ultimately I am. And so I hold the responsibility of making sure that me and you are always connected like that. And I know that for your personality, the way you're wired, you don't. So I've just owned it. I don't take that personally. So really, I would, you know, just flip the switch in your brain. The one powerful quote you gave me that I use all the time now is you get what you focus on. If you're focusing on the fact that you feel neglected and that you're put second all the time, you're going to start to feel like that. But if you focus on you guys are doing it as a team and you're the most amazing partner to your husband because you not let him, but for argument's sake, I'm just going to use that word. You are facilitating him to go out and crush it all week you should feel proud for that you should like love that and feel proud that you're part of that Um, and so I think that if you just keep telling yourself that you'll start to focus on that Um, and I think that that will help you get out of the feeling of like I feel like I have to schedule so now I'm just like this business acquaintance type feeling Um, I don't feel connected to him like he's my husband so I think that would help the mindset of that
1: love that And I think it's important for us to note that we are not the right people to follow for a lot of people. So I'm just
0: purely saying what we do.
1: Yeah, 100%. Hiding in your answer is you were drawn to my ambition. And when you said, oh, the one thing you've given me that I repeat all the time, I thought you were going to say, this is the life we chose. Hmm. Right? So it's tough because she has a child. um, But... At the end of the day, she's got to decide, like, do I want to be with somebody who's hella ambitious or not? And Mm -hmm. if I do want to be with somebody who's really ambitious and I'm drawn to that and that's part of why we're together, then this is the reality, right? So... there there is no other way to get ahead. That's just the truth. So if you want somebody who's really ambitious, then that's the life you chose. And you have to understand that scheduling yourself in, one, feel absolutely confident that that is 100% okay. It's the right thing to do. Somebody in the relationship really has to be the protector of that. Um, Clearly, that's you. You do an amazing job, which by the way, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I'm really grateful to you for that because I get so much out of this relationship. That's why it's my number one priority. But just like you said, like I know myself well enough to know that I would always feel like I could do, like, oh, we'll address it this weekend. And then if a business opportunity came up that was just like one in a million, I would do it. And I would keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And it's it is because I so, like, put you in my mind as like the person that I have to protect, my number one, the person that I've got to make feel best in the world, like all of that, that when you speak up and you're so good about not being abusive, that when you speak up, like whatever it is, like I have that switch that goes, nothing else matters. So whatever the opportunity is, forget it. And there have been, but the smallest of handfuls of times in our life, I can actually only think of one, where you said this is important to me and I said this is important to me and they were in direct conflict. Wow,
0: I don't even remember
1: that. We talked about it the other day. It was when uh <laughs> when I was getting called away on a business trip oh, right, right, right as right. you were having a hard time emotionally yeah. and yeah, I, once I said, in 17
0: years. Right. Yeah. But so I hear what you're saying about like, she needs, oh God, I can't remember what phrase. The you life you chose. Right. Um, and that's why I kind of started by saying you need to collect, like, come together collectively and say, what are we both trying to achieve for the family? What are our goals collectively? And I think that that will, because if he's like, I want to be so ambitious, I want to be, you know, the world's most successful entrepreneur, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I want someone who's going to be home every single night at six and put the sun to bed and us bathe our kid together. Like having that initial discussion is so important because it then comes down to you both you want different lifestyles completely. Yeah. And I personally, I personally don't know how you come together on that. If you are so apart on what you're looking for, but if she likes the ambition in him, but she's also torn because she wants to be with him um, and have that quality time with the son, like I really do think there's ways to work around that.
1: Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com.
0: And that's everything that I kind of noted. So, all right, next question. Um, All right, so this comes from from YouTube question, Lisette Reeves. My husband has ADD, and it's hard to keep his attention, especially when he only sleeps five hours a night and works overtime. He has to be doing something constantly to stay awake and happy. Any suggestions for a wife of a workaholic ADD husband?
1: Well, I certainly don't consider myself an expert on ADD by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I think I've mentioned before, when I was a kid, I was diagnosed with hyperactivity disorder, and the only reason my mom didn't medicate me was because I could sleep through the night. Um, So I get it, and when I'm working on, like, especially contracts, I I find that, and I'm bringing this up because I think that your husband has some um, responsibility in this, and I think that he... Again, I'm not an expert, but as somebody that has maybe a similar form of, you know, just bouncing off the walls a bit, you have to train yourself to come back, come back to center, back to center, back Mm. to center. Like what's, what's important when I'm drifting, come back. And one way to practice that is meditation, coming back to the breath, back, back, back with anything. I don't care if you have ADD or not, you can always get better. So doesn't mean you can get perfect, but you can always improve. So I think he has the obligation to be doing that, which will be beneficial to the relationship. Um, and I think that you guys finding things like she used really important words, um, for him to stay awake, which I was very surprised by that. Um, and happy, which is really, really interesting. So, I'll just stick with the happy for a second. So if if he needs to be doing things to stay happy, then you find things to do together. Um, I'll use one example from our own relationship, which is video games. So we play Destiny together. Um, it doesn't have to be that. I mean, you find something that you guys can have in common that you can both enjoy. There's going to have to be work on both sides, right? One of you is going to have to try something that the other probably already likes, and you may think you don't like, but you haven't necessarily encountered or engaged with enough to really know. So go encounter, engage a bunch Of things that they enjoy. And by the way, I'm just in the mood to give fucking hard answers today. Uh if you don't share anything in common, break up. Like that's just crazy town. So that being with somebody that you don't, there's nothing that you guys want to do together, like that would just be absurd. So I'll just take that fucking excuse off the table and say, you find something that you like doing together, really engage and find a way to really have fun and enjoy each other in that thing. And if that's what he needs to be happy, then you find something where you guys overlap, where it also makes you happy to be doing and engaging in that thing. Then if he's doing the work to practice coming back to center, back to center, back to center, and everybody, if I have fucking time to meditate, everybody has time to meditate. And any like excuse about not having time is total BS, especially if this guy only sleeps five hours. Welcome to the club. It's amazing. That's a gift It's phenomenal that he can get through life on five hours sleep. I'm super stoked for him. So that gives him more hours in the day. Mm. So more hours in the day to practice meditating, more hours in the day to carve out some time for her, more hours in the day for the two of them to do something together. I could literally give a book's answer on this. I'll stop there. This is so interesting to me. But like, I know you. I know the way that you threw yourself into playing video games in the beginning when you thought, this is kind of dumb. But... He's really being sweet about wanting me to try this. So I'm really going to open myself up and give it like its best chance of succeeding. It's kind of like the stereotype of the woman who shows up when her husband's like a total freak for sports and she shows up in the Jersey and like got all the (laughs) snacks. I love that. When people do stuff like that, that is so cool. It's kind of like a boyfriend who gets baptized for his girlfriend (laughs) or his fiance, uh, and To the point where the bishop says, this is the best candidate I've ever seen. Just saying. Hypothetically, of (laughs) course. Hypothetically. If somebody were to go to those extremes. But that's that's being in a relationship. That's the beauty. That's the fun. Mm.
0: The one thing I also want to add, though, is like, what problem is it causing her? Cause she, yeah, if he's she,
1: bouncing off the walls, not not bouncing off the walls, something, falling right. asleep, not paying attention, not giving her time, overwhelmed, stressed. It's
0: hard to keep his attention. Yeah, she feels so ignored. So is that right? So is that when you guys are together, you're feeling ignored? Like really, but like really identify, like peel the onion, well, figure out. Let's what, peel it. You right, ready, homie? Let's do it.
1: Think about the times where you try to talk to me and I've got a thousand things on my mind and it's during the workday and you're asking me about something personal and I literally don't have fucking time for that. And I say, I don't have time for that. Imagine if you felt like that on the weekends. Hmm. And you'll get, maybe that's not their situation, but that's taking it to the extreme. That would be a horrific place to live. It's like how I feel when you're checking email and I'm trying to talk to you. It drives me nuts, especially because I think that email will be the death of Western civilization. So the fact that I'm trying to talk to you and you're checking email, the scourge of the planet, yeah, but it we also, people- but
0: it, when we're doing things like that, let's say I'm on my phone or you're on your phone and I'll go to say something, I'll specifically say, I need to tell you something. Let me know when I have your attention. Yep. Like we actually use that language so that I don't feel ignored because there's nothing worse when you're at dinner or something and you're trying to have a romantic moment or something and the other person picks up their phone. Like, I get it, like, it becomes habit, and it becomes, like, it's your work, it's our lives, that's what we do, so I don't take it personally, but if I have something important, I want your attention, and so I get, like, so if that's what she's referring to, like, I get wanting that, and so I would just say, I have something to say, let me know, and then you'll be like, all right, you have my attention, so you put your phone down, you're looking me right in the eyes, and it makes a difference, it really does, I don't like the feeling of talking to myself, so, I don't think anyone does, to be honest, but. Um, okay, so this question comes from YouTube again, from Jumaine Sablan. Jumani, 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 Jumani. She always, didn't mean it, yes, Jumani. She no, did not, she mean, did it, not mean it.
1: What's up? I hope you're enjoying Tacoma.
0: <laughs> when you have a massive decision to make, and the process will have many others, the uh, to make, and the process will have many other small decisions following, like buying a house. How do you navigate well together, making sure you stay on the same page throughout?
1: Okay. So a big part of this is this comes down to respect. So if you don't respect the other person's opinion, Oh God, this is going to be really hard. The fact is I respect your opinion. So we just had this this weekend. So we're building a new set downstairs and over the course of the many, many moons that we've been together. Um, and this is one of the beautiful things about shared experience, length of relationship is you really begin to, if the relationship is going well, trust each other's opinions, know where the other person shines. So I had a very clear vision of what I wanted to build. And there was this one sticking point for you. And there would have been a time 10 years ago where I would have bowled you over and i would have forced the issue and i would have like made you commit on the spot like if you don't have a solution then we're going with mine which would have made you feel unimportant unheard unlistened to which you would have been which is very demeaning which would have been and i would have been just frustrated with well you don't have a solution you just have a problem and momentum matters blah 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 all that not being realistic about what that feels like when you ignore the other person's input now Over the years, I've come to realize when you have like some sticking point, if I give you the space there are times, and it's not all the time, it's never going to be all the time, but there are times where you'll fucking knock it out of the park and like, you'll finally put your finger on what it is that's bothering you, what the solution is. And then it's like, oh my God, this never would have been what it's become if I had just bowled forward. So it's like, I'm discussing it with you because I want your input because your input is very valuable to me. So yesterday I was, I just kept saying like. Let's give you the space that you need to really think about this because there is a chance that whatever insight is like looming in the back of your mind becomes really powerful. So making you feel like that is the answer to that question. Mm. It's like you want to, you need to get to the place where you actually want their opinion. And if you don't want their opinion, oh God, like that's so dangerous in a relationship because the other person is gonna feel all of those things I mentioned.
0: Mm. yeah, that's so true. I mean, so he's obviously talking about what he said, buying a house. Um, and it just brought me back to growing up. Um, I used to literally be taught like, oh, well, you're, you're the woman. You decide on the type of wedding. You, you decide on the house. Like, he doesn't really get a say. Like, that was kind of the mentality I was brought up with growing up with the, the Greeks. It's like, it's your wedding. Like, why are you finding out what he wants for a cake? You know, that type of thing. And I never really had that mentality. It's always like, this is a partnership. I want your input. So when buying our house, for instance, what we did is we actually wrote a list of what are the things that are so important to me, I'm not going to budge on.
1: I still don't have my roof deck.
0: You don't have your <laughs> roof deck, but sorry, that was the government, not more the council not allowing you to build the roof deck, not me. Yes. But we had our list, right? And we had our, what are the things that for me, I don't want to get a house unless it has these things. And then for you what are the things you're not going to move on? And then we wrote the list down so that when we looked at houses, it was making sure they covered both. And then if we found a house that was so close, but didn't have one of the one things I want, you would say like, well, how do you feel? You had this on your list. I know we, I, I love this house so much and I really want it, but you had this one thing on your list. Are you going to be able to live with not having it? And you, we had to have that discussion so that it just showed each other respect. It made both of us be able to put um, the importance of what we were looking for forward and not feel um, you know, neglected or one was more you know important than the other. And then when we bought the house, when we were then making the smaller decisions of decorations and furniture and stuff like that, we again went through and said, what is the room that is important to you? That no matter what, if you hate all the other rooms and how they're designed, what is the room that is so important to you that you'll be heartbroken if you don't get like that beauty that you envision and so we had that and you said it was our main living room and for me it was the kitchen and the bedroom so we divided it up and we said okay cool we both have input we both have our um you know say in what goes in this room and what it looks like but ultimately kind of like what we do with the business who has final say and then can you allow that like if you said to me i really hate X, Y, and Z. And I was like, but babe, I really love it. Oh my God, like, this is what's gonna finish the room. So I'm not really taking your advice, but you would then respect, okay, it's your room. Even though you're not listening to me, you have the final say, and you're okay with that. So breaking everything down into importance, who has like the final say, and then going back to what you said is showing that total respect for the other person. Agreed. Okay. Anything else to add to that? No, nope, you oh. nailed it. So a couple of shout outs. Um, shout out to Jacob Boncastle from Sweden. Wow. Uh, Dylan Black from Spokane, Washington. Nice.
1: Spokane <laughs> is in the house.
0: And a non-lyricist. Uh, wow. That's actually your last I'm name. I'm going to guess no. Lyricist.
1: Anonymous lyricist. Oh. Is what I'm... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> We get so many unusual names. I read it like a name. All right, a non lyricist from Dublin. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's move on to the next question. This is from Facebook, um, and this comes from Efrat Lev. Lots of love to both of you from Israel. Question. My beloved husband of 14 years is a man of few words. And yet I find that so much growth is born out of deep conversation. How do I encourage him to be more verbal? And are there other ways to communicate meaningfully?
1: (laughs) Ah, wow. Well, there are certainly ways to communicate meaningfully. Um, Verbally is maybe a very different question.
0: Do you remember the stats from the female brain at all on the amount of words a man says a day versus the amount of words a woman I, says? It's
1: roughly 3x for women.
0: Right. So like at least knowing that really helped three me Three times.
1: I'm not supposed to say 3x. You guys are really worried about that.
0: Not worried, just it's it can be confusing. Gotcha. Um. So three times the amount. Yeah. So the, like the second I heard that and understood, I don't remember the stats, but like why the brain is developed in a woman and the way that she wants to verbally communicate versus a man. Like, I think that's really important, understanding the base. So it's like, I don't judge you for being more quiet than me. I just embrace, okay, well, I'm going to speak three times more than he is today. So this is part of my three times.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting given what we do now because i find myself in certain certain circumstances being highly verbal and anybody watching on Facebook or YouTube that's how they think of me and what they Mm. don't realize is that as soon as this is done I'm gonna run off set put my headphones on and get back to work and why do you think I love
0: doing this I get to sit here and talk to my husband for an hour (laughs) (laughs) not just a hat rack
1: not just a hat rack. Uh, And so there are times especially because of the amount that I have to communicate to the team There are times in the weekends where literally I don't want to say anything and it's like Prying words out of me to get me to talk so again I'm going to come back to work has to be done on both sides Just because he has a desire to be quiet does not mean that's good for the relationship And if you have a woman who really needs to process verbally needs to either process herself and so he needs to find ways to really signal. And I remember, I think I've told you this before, but I may not have, or you may not remember. The reason I say right during people's com- you'll be talking right, is because when I was younger, my mom used to go crazy because I would just sit and listen. I wouldn't say a word. I didn't. It didn't even occur to me mm. to verbalize externally. I'm listening, I'm taking it in, I am understanding everything. I just didn't think to verbalize. And you didn't so you think
0: of that it was an acknowledgement of yeah, what like, being uh, said.
1: So now it's like I remember somebody, this was a long time ago, but somebody was like, you say right a lot. And I was like, Yeah, like I do that because my poor mother like, had to literally train me to externalize something so that she knew that I was listening. So understanding that you need to find out from your partner what they need in the communication, how do they want you to nod more, don't lie. If you don't agree, don't nod. But if you agree, nod if that's useful to them. Say something, verbalize, have a word of affirmation, whatever it is that's real to you and they will take as like useful communication. And then you mm. have to push yourself. If you're like just innately, you wanna be quiet, and you wanna go internal, but the other person needs that, then you've gotta really push. And then what you've done a very good job of is there are times where you will be very verbose. You'll talk, you'll say all the things that you need. And as long as I'm really engaged with you, even though I'm not saying a lot, that it's still a very meaningful exchange for the two of us. And so one thing I've just learned to do is to when you've like really said something, I will reiterate what you've said so that you understand, not repeat, reiterate. Mm. So if I'm understanding like this is what you're saying so that you know I understand. And I think that can be very useful for somebody who is um, intrinsically sort of quiet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, is that everybody has their own way of needing to communicate. So for her, if it really is, she needs verbal communication back if she's having a problem or she wants to discuss something and he's not, like I would say, be honest about that. And that's one thing that we've done is, um, let's say I've got a problem or I've got an issue and I just wanna talk about it, Um, and let's say I'm emotional. You'll say to me, all right, babe, what are you looking for in this discussion? And I remember the first time you did it, I'm like, this isn't the time (laughs) to ask me! Right. But it's such the perfect question because sometimes, and I don't know if you guys at home feel this, but sometimes it's you're saying something just because you want to get it off your chest. You're not actually looking for someone to fix it. In fact, you just want them to shut up. You don't want them to give you advice that you may know is right. Sometimes you just need to get it off your chest. And so sometimes that's me, I just need to get it out. And I know that right now my feelings are petty, so I don't want your advice because you're gonna say, Lisa, you're being petty. I know that. So I go, okay, I just need to get it off my chest, so just listen. And that's what exactly you do. You say, what are you looking for? And I'm like, I just need to talk. And you're like, cool. And you'll sit there, and you'll nod, and you'll, you know, you won't really say much, and I'll just let it out. And then I'll go, okay, like I know this isn't right, and we should talk about it again in a few hours once I've calmed down, but thank you for listening, and then we'll walk away. And you've barely said two words to me. But that's actually what I'm looking for. Other times it's I really need your advice. Like, here's the situation, I really need your advice. What would you do? So, kind of asking you the question of what I'm looking for, I think is important because if you're not typically a um verbal communicator then I think it's the other person's um, responsibility partly responsible for saying this is what I need from you right now so even if you're not normally verbally you know like communicative is that right mm-hmm. communicative um I get that but this is what I really need so.
1: there you go very very useful
0: um, all right. So next question is from Facebook from Amy, <clears throat> excuse me, Amy um, Notine Sevalos. I can't talk about details during the workday and then after work, he needs to decompress. How do you not get upset about feeling like there was no time for those conversations? I guess we kind of answered that earlier. Yeah, it's interesting that um, that's come up
1: twice today.
0: Yeah. instance we need to plan trips we are long distance and if i need info that is hard to get out of him in timely manner
1: well so that one that's that's a nice nuance so um, i will say that again rules of engagement are going to come to save you and so you want to say you have x period of time to give me an answer whether that's 24 hours whether that's 72 hours whether that's 45 minutes whatever the answer is and within that time like you're going to be heard your thoughts are going to be taken into consideration if you fail to meet that deadline, and this is something you agree on, obviously you don't just hand them down like mandates, yeah. but once you've agreed on it, then it's like, if you, and I'll say this to the team, if, uh, if you don't hear from me in an hour, a day, whatever, just go yeah. and you'll never get punished for creating momentum, even if it ends up being wrong, ever, ever, ever. The thing that annoys me is when we're standing still. So never wait for me for more than whatever. And I think if they do something like that, then it's like she may then have the secondary frustration of I'm making all the decisions myself. Mm. But in my value system, it's like you got to man up. That's interesting.
0: That could be interpreted like he doesn't care.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got to have those conversations, right? So we're going back to ambition. We're going back to choice matters. It's like if he's ambitious, he's very busy and I don't know she may be in exactly the same thing, but you're having a values conflict, right? So mm-hmm. she like prizes, I'm guessing, I'm so reaching into the situation here, but she prizes like getting answers in a timely fashion so that things can be booked way ahead of time. He may be like me, very last minute, happy to suffer the consequences of doing it right as it has to be done which means that it's not going to be done necessarily as thoughtfully like there's just when it comes to logistics like you want to talk about something i will put off put off put off put off until there is a gun to my head and yes that means that i may not get the hotel that i want and all of that it just is what it is so that doesn't really matter to me it matters to you deeply which is why i have an alarm which i already pinged amanda like a month ago we need to book our new york trip for december For the kickoff to the Christmas season, because otherwise we're not going to get the hotel that you want. So we need to make sure we move on that. Yeah. And then
0: um, one thing we always do and say to each other, set the other person up for success. Right. So set him up for success. Like you said, when um, I need to book it by X date. So hey, if you want input, would absolutely love it, be so appreciated. But if not, just so that we can make sure we still see each other, I'm gonna go ahead by X date and just book it. And so sorry if I don't, you know, get what you're looking for as well. So if you actually want to have a say and an input, then give the answer. And to And by, by the this way, time. if
1: you don't meet the deadline, don't criticize. Right? Exactly. That makes you oh, an God, asshole.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So set the other person up for success. And there was something else that you said, but I don't remember what it was. So. All right. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So next question. This is from. Okay. This comes from YouTube from Dylan Black. My partner and I have very, uh, have very high, high highs and very low lows. We question our relationship on a regular basis. What are some signs that a relationship is progressing in the right direction?
1: Uh, well, uh those so the setup is maybe different than the question. So I'll say that basically,
0: you basically I if I'm from what I'm interpreting is um we're basically always high well, and I'm always not low and, What?
1: I'm just oh. saying it's two very different
0: But I think the issues. last part is basically so what signs that a relationship is progressing in the right direction? Basically, how do we know if we're going in the right direction? Wow, <laughs> is that what they mean by
1: that? Thank you. What I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Um, that was kind of what I took away from
0: <laughs> the question. But you know, I mean, like, how do we know we're actually progressing? Because no, no, when, no. For when sure. we're on a high, I, I, I think it's great. And oh my God, we're doing well yep. and we're going in the right direction. But then we backtrack again. So it's like two steps forward, two steps back. And you're kind of just on the spot. Yeah. And go.
1: Thank you. <laughs> uh, so I feel like they need to be addressed separately. So the first part, you're describing a manic relationship. So that... Like, every alarm bell I have goes off. Now, I don't know if that's because you guys are both actually manic, and so barring, like, um, really resolving that issue, perhaps with the help of professionals, like, that that just, it literally isn't a stable way to go about a relationship, hence the high highs and the low lows. So you need to be very careful. And if I found my, my whole life, in fact, everything that I talk about is about finding the center. So when I talk about getting emotional control over your life, uh, when I talk about getting out of the matrix, like all of these things are about not being like volatile, not being blown around by the winds of emotion or by what's happening in your life. Like you need to be able to find the center. So the two of you collectively, and I don't know, maybe one of you is the one that's introducing the mania to the relationship, but you guys need to collectively find the center. And so if that means rules of engagement, meditation, practice, like whatever that looks like, that is exactly the journey that you need to go on. Okay, so that's the mania. Then the what are the signs that the relationship is going in the right direction? I'll say it very simply, you make each other better. You feel better about yourself when you're with the other person. You think about helping empower the other person, helping them live their best life, their most fulfilling life. You help them find the center. Like Those are the things that show that the relationship is going in the right direction. The relationship, at the end of the day, is meant to facilitate how you feel. It's meant to be a connection. It's meant to be something that really finds the depth of the human experience. You can have a wonderful life without somebody. So if you're going to get into a relationship with all of the compromises that it entails, it needs to be because it is adding more to your life, that Mm. being by yourself is somehow worse than being with that person. Now, if that's true, then you're going in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of relationships that have those um, extreme highs and extreme lows. So that's uh, good feedback, really good feedback. I don't really have anything to add. It was so good. <laughs> um, all right. We've got time for one more question, I think. Although, yeah, my computer's always like three minutes behind. I, why?
1: Fast. Sorry, fast. fast yeah. yeah, Which is, I don't know how. It's an
0: Apple. Yes. But anyway, I don't want to get derailed on that. Um, all right, so this question is from Stacy Lee. Lisa, when you were working alongside and helping Tom in Tom's previous active roles in his company, i.e. Quest Nutrition, how was it like being his wife confidant? When did you know to allow Tom and his partners to have their space? I've been helping my husband's company on the side, but sometimes I'm not sure if I'm crossing the line or if they really want to figure things out on their own. Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't think of it as helping out. I kind of thought of it as like being a part of it. So I didn't really think like, how much do I overstep or not? Um, in that regard. like I was a part of the company and we built it. And so I didn't feel that, but, um, in regards to like other things that may not have anything to do with you. So for instance, I had a position in the company and my position initially was running shipping. And so we had started, I was shipping boxes from my living room floor. And then, um, we went to your business partner's house cause we were using his garage cause had grown so much. <laughs> um, and then we got a warehouse. And so I, so for me, it, the part of it was my position within the company was, running the shipping department. So if I saw other things externally that were happening that necessarily I didn't agree with, I absolutely voiced my opinion because I felt like it was, um, you know, I'd worked hard and I'm part of the company as well. But I never forced my opinion on you and judged you if you or your business partners made another decision. So I kind of, like I never held back because that's just not my personality, but I would absolutely respect that I've got my position, I'm running this and I shouldn't kind of like, I guess, force myself on other situations that, um, I'm not actively involved in. And also just the respect of no one wants, like the wives get the bad rap, right? It's like, it's, they come in, they're opinionated and they bulldoze everyone over. And I never wanted to feel that either. So I was very sensitive to that situation.
1: Yeah it's interesting your your answer I think sells you so short. If there's anything that you've had ninja like deafness to, it has been the sensitivity of understanding like how to just smash it from a value perspective and not be Yoko Ono. So like you were the anti Yoko Ono. You were so easy to deal with and you You knew, okay, my job is fulfillment, and that entire universe, and you smashed it and crushed it, but at the same time, my partners and I ran the company, right? We were the only ones that had universal purview. We looked at everything. The three of us dealt with everything together. We each had our own universe, but we would come together, and you were never forcing the issue. You were never like saying, oh, I should be in those meetings or anything like that. It was just... Very clear. That was the dynamic that we had. Now, I can't speak the, to the dynamic that you have or your husband has with his partners or whatever mm. the case may be. But usually, if you're asking the question, it's because you know you're stepping up to the line, even if you're not crossing it. And since it's your husband, her husband, um, or boyfriend, your significant other. How about that? Husband. So you should be able to have the world's most frank conversation with him and say, hey, I'm starting to worry about this. Am I crossing the line? Am I walking it perfectly? And if you guys have, you guys need to get to the point where you both can, without being lashing out or anything, just really have a real conversation. And you need to be very open Mm -hmm. because it is so sensitive and wonderful and amazing of you to be asking this question. Now be open to receiving the answer, right? And if the answer is yes, like you're, it's getting a little stressful, like, whatever, you know, his answer is, be open, be respectful to that, right? And then now, like, you have so proven, and part of the reason, by the way, there was an unbalance. So even though I would say that it would be pretty reasonable of you to take, um, God, you could even go as far as to say that you were a founder there, right? So... Definitely part of the founding team. And yet there was like just an unspoken understanding of what the dynamic was because the three of us had been working together for so long as a partnership and then moved into this. And then we were inviting our significant others to be more involved in the business. And through that tenure there, you were so good and you learned so much about business that for me, it was a no brainer to want to co-found this with you as an equal partner. So it's really been a journey and evolution for you as a business person to getting to this point where it is so clearly an equal value exchange for the two of us. So that's also something to think about just because the dynamic that you have now is having to take the back seat, having to step back a little to give them their space. If you and your husband are really enjoying the process of working together, you know, depending on what your, your path is and what you guys want to make come true, there can be another evolution beyond this.
0: Yeah. And you guys really gave me the space and respect to run my department how I felt it should be run. Obviously, there were, like, some overarching things that had to be done, whether I agreed with them or not. But you guys were very respectful in, um, you know, the people we were hiring. Like, that was me because I was working with them every day. So... um, Yeah, I I had a lot of um, freedom to run my department. And then when I moved over to media, working with Nick, um, who was the head of marketing, I mean, he was just incredible. We had the same vision, the same goal. And so, um, yeah, you butt heads with people. But I think that as long as you guys give each other the respect and listen to each other. So, you know, that's one thing. You've obviously got some opinions on the business. And so you want to tell your husband by the way the question's phrased. Like you want to tell him, but you're not sure if you're overstepping the mark and if they should just figure it out on their own like if you've got a great idea speak up but if they don't pay attention to it don't get offended by it so all right um i think we have time for one more question all right let's do a quick one um what is something new that you've learned from each other this year that's from facebook daniel bro
1: Dan bro, oh, well, first of all, Dan bro, it was very good to see you and I'm vamping to buy myself time. I, these questions are always tough. I've learned so much from you. I have no idea if it was this year or, or before that.
0: About each other, not from each other.
1: Oh, God. I learned legitimately, so A, I'm not good at cataloging these things,
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but B, doing this show mm. has been every couple should have their own youtube show where they talk about their relationship it has been unbelievably useful
0: yeah i know it really has and that's another reason why we're working on our book of questions is you you end up you do forget and so you know after 17 years i'm sure we've had a million different discussions about one specific topic but just asking a question in a different way just like mm. bring something else like wow i didn't actually know that about you and like radishes you like radishes who knew
1: Me. (laughs) I have known my entire life. And I've
0: been with you for 17 years and literally the first time I saw you eat a a radish was literally like a month ago. Uh The first time. Yeah,
1: yeah. If that's true, are you willing to make the the bet? The first time you saw me eat a radish was a month ago. And if that's not true, you're going to be struck dead.
0: You may have had some at a Greek restaurant when they put them on the Mm -hmm. table. Keep going.
1: Go on. And when else might I have had some?
0: That's
1: it. At your dad's house, they routinely put out radishes. You're so funny about this. She's convinced (laughs) that I don't like raisins, by the way. No matter how many times I say, I like raisins, just not enough to eat them. If you've been
0: with somebody for 17 years and you've never (laughs) seen them eat something ever, ever, (laughs) it means they don't like them.
1: That is not true. I am so (laughs) limited in what I allow myself to eat. Like, if that were true, like, you wouldn't even realize my obsession with black licorice because I've probably only eaten it uh, three or four times since we've been together. But it's
0: fat-free, so it's okay. Yeah, don't get me started. It's <laughs> a whole other story. Don't get me
1: started. Um,
0: okay, well, yeah, we've got so many questions, which I just right. want to keep going, but uh, we've hit our hour, sadly.
1: All right, guys, thank you so much for submitting those questions. And what we're going to have to do, and I'm going to blame my wife entirely on this one, is do a round of, like, lightning round answers, which you don't like and in don't In fact, we should do. get
0: Michelle involved, because She's so good at Would You Rathers.
1: And Michelle. Michelle's nowhere to be found. Um, I will just say that the Emma style is killing it on the solo style. So we should at least try it once and burn through some more questions. But we are seriously grateful for you guys submitting the questions. Thank you so, so much. If this added value, please do share it. If you're on Facebook, please go over to YouTube and subscribe. We are at like just the one yard line. Literally, we we only have a couple hundred more to go before we cross 100,000. So that would be amazing. And for all of you out there that are diehard Impact Theory fans, you know that we're actually racing to 115,000.
0: 99,722 subscribers. Wow,
1: so less than 300. Uh, So we're really trying to get to 115,000 by October 1. It would be amazing if you shared this to help that happen. We would really, really appreciate it.
0: And he will eat raisins on camera.
1: (laughs) I absolutely (laughs) will not. But I will answer all kinds of questions. All kinds of questions. We'll do some cool stuff. What's that? Yes.
0: Oh, well done. Reminder, we have the
1: event tomorrow. uh, Live event. If you're here in LA, we're going to be meeting at WeWork. You can get the details on my Facebook page. Check it out. That's tomorrow at
0: 6. Starts at 6, yeah.
1: 6, yay. I will see you guys there. Epic Q&A to follow. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Later